Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. And thank you for what you're going to do during the second service. Let your name be glorified and all of God's will shout a big amen. All right, please have your seat. Hallelujah. I'd like to see all the heads of the Inspire Tour briefly immediately after the second service. We have one month, four days to our apostolic meeting with Pastor Nkichi. I hope you are preparing, you're praying, and you're inviting someone. If you've not, after church today, call a friend, colleague, neighbor, you know, in the office, and family, ask them, we'd like you to be with us on Sunday. It's going to be an amazing meeting. Hallelujah. Okay, we, we began to look at the second consequence of spiritual slumber. Spiritual, we said spiritual slumber wants to make the Christian a liability. The word liability means a state of lukewarmness, and when it becomes a noise, instead of an impact maker. And we said it does that by, that spiritual liability is called slothfulness, and there are two consequences to that. The first one is the believer becomes subject to demonic oppression and what? Manipulation. We dealt extensively with that last Sunday and a little bit of it this morning. This morning also we began to look at the second reason, um, spiritual consequence of not addressing the spiritual liability of spiritual slumber, which is it will stop us from operating as new creation. Um, I did put a, a sermon update on the platform. If you have not read that, please go and read it. Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm going to pick up from where I stopped. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what is he? It's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is the new creation? Say, it's my spirit man. Yeah, when you got born again, the real you, get used to the fact that you are a spirit being. You are not a body, you are not a feeling, you are a spirit being created in the image and after the likeness of your father. When you got born again, it was the spirit part of you that became a brand new person. And the Bible says that brand new person is now in who? In Christ. Say amen. Now the word new means something that has not existed before. The brand new person you are now have a new reality. Say, I have a new reality. What is a reality? It's that which defines the identity and the functioning of a particular thing. And instead, you and I deal with realities every day. There is a reality for fashion. There's a reality for finances. There are all kinds of relational realities. But you need to be very careful because the day you got born again, you were born into a superior reality. And that superior reality is who? Christ. Say with me, say, Christ is my new reality. Which means what should define my identity and my functioning is who? Is Christ. And, and, and I said something which is very important. We, we need to get used to this reality. That in spiritual warfare, our advantage, our advantage and authority over Satan is in our new creation, operating according to our new creation. It's not enough to know that you are a new creation in Christ. You must operate as one. It is when you operate as a new creation that Satan has no response to you. So if you're going to dominate, subdue, and reign, you must operate as what? As a new creation. And what spiritual slumber does is he want you to go to sleep on who you are. He doesn't want you to function as a new creation. But first of all, let me explain and share with you some of the realities 
that we now have as new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. Number one, as a new creation, the scripture declares that you are a born again overcomer in Christ. Say that, I'm a born again overcomer in Christ. Remember, your reality is defined in who? In Christ. Outside Christ, you are nothing. Outside Christ, we are what? We're nothing. We are only important. We are only powerful. We are only effective in Christ. Our testimony is in Christ. So one of the first reality as a new creation you must be conversant is, is that you are born again overcomer in Christ. Quickly, turn your Bible to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. These are things that should be, you know, controlling how you think. Some of you, your reality is still defined by how you feel. If you feel weak, you say, I'm tired. You know, if people mistreat you, you say, people don't like me. You're not defined by people, you're defined by Christ. Your reality in Christ is superior to every other realities. They bow to it. And God will only take side with your reality in Christ. So if you don't know your reality and you don't operate accordingly, then God has no need to walk with you. God will not agree with your, your culture. He won't agree with your opinion. He won't agree with your feeling. He can only agree with you on the premise of who you are in Christ. Say amen. 1 John 5, 4 and verse 5. Can we read it together if you are there? It says, for whatever is born of God, whatever is born of God, what did he say next? Overcomes the world. Now hold on, hold on. Whatever is born of God, whatever that is born or originate. To be born of God means to originate, to come from him. When you are born again, you are born of God. You are born from God. And the Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the word. What does it mean to overcome? The word overcome means to subdue. Everybody say to subdue. Say it one more time. When you subdue, it means you bring under subjugation. You are not a victim, rather you bring the circumstance under your control. So when you're born again, you are not born to become a slave, you're born to reign as a son. Did you hear what I said? Say, I'm born again to reign. Can you say that louder? To complain is not the language of a conqueror. To complain is evident that you have been enslaved by something. But you're born again to reign. You're not born to be enslaved. Bible says we do not have the spirit of slavery or servitude anymore. Glory be to God. We've been delivered from that. We are now sons of God. We're heads of God and joined heads with Christ. We no longer have the spirit of fear. We've been delivered from fear. We've been born again to overcome, to subdue, to prevail, to bring everything that has to do with the world. The Greek word for the word there means cosmos. Cosmos means everything about the system of the world, its inhabitants, issues, situations, circumstances, realities. Glory be to God. Because the reality I have in Christ is superior to the reality of the world system. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say this with me. Say, I'm born again to overcome the world. Let me ask you a question. A person that complains, is that an overcomer? Excuse me, is that an overcomer? Now, you, you need to get used to this. Listen, because sometimes when we, when we hear this, we think it's just for decoration. No, no, no. You have to know it and start to program your mind to think like that. Say, I'm born again to overcome. The world. So whatever causes men to quake shouldn't cause you to quake. Whatever causes men to panic should not cause you to panic. Why? Because you are born again from a different reality. It is normal and okay for the world to panic, but it's not normal and okay for you to panic. Because even though you are in the world, you are not of the world. You are in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So your language at all times should be a language of dominion. A language of what? A language of what? A language of dominion and thanksgiving. That's the language of an overcomer. All right? The new creation is no longer a victim of the influences of this world. He's born to reign over them. That's why it becomes strange 
for a Christian to be under a curse. The only reason for that is if spiritual slumber has made that believer to go to sleep on who he is in Christ. What tortures me will begin to torture you. No, it shouldn't be. You are not a slave anymore. You are a son. Say amen. amen. Say, I am a son. I'm born to reign. I'm born to rule. So it's strange when you see Christians complain. Complain about this, complain about that. You're not born to complain. You are reacting against your reality. You're born again to rule over it. I told them in the first service, you are not born again to talk about your mountain. You're born again to speak to your mountain and to tell him only one word. Be that removed and be that cast into the sea. The reason we complain about mountains is because, guess what? We talk about mountains. You're not born to talk about mountains. Glory be to God. All right? You're born again to reign over them. And you exercise this dominion through your faith in Christ. Because why? Christ is now your reality. The Bible says in verse 5, who is he who is born? Okay, let's fulfill it. He said, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And our faith is based on who? Christ. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The word Son of God means he's begotten or he came from God. And since Jesus is the Son of God, you are also a Son of God and you came from God. You've been born into a superior reality. Say with me, I've been born into a superior reality. Say it louder. This thought should dominate the way you think and the way you speak. Now, hear this. Another reality of the new creation, we've looked at one, Another reality of the new creation is that you are a host or a carrier of God. Say that when we say, I am a host or carrier of God. Now, now, this is the mystery of Godliness. God became a man so that man can become like him. Say, I am the temple of God. Turn your Bible to 1 John 4.4. 4. Are you paying attention? 1 John 4.4. 4. What did he say? You... Say me. He's talking to about you. You. He's talking to you and me. You are of God. Or you came from God. You didn't come from man. You didn't come from your father. You didn't come from your mother. They just provided the body. You actually came from God. Say that when we say I came from God. Say that three times. Let me ask you a question. If you came from God, what should determine what happens around you? See, some of you didn't even get it. If you came from something, is it not what you came from that should define what happens around you? Yeah. Many of you think you came from your mother or you came from your father. And so maybe if you're born from a tribe, you allow your tribe to define. That's why you're filled with limitations. You need to upgrade your thinking to your reality in Christ. If you are of God, then anything that you play in your life should be of God. Do you understand that? Did you hear what I said? We're talking about not just knowing who you are as a new creation, operating from it. That's why when you come to church, pay attention to grasp what God is giving because the word will give you a snapshot of who you are. And who you are should refrain or rephrase or renew or realign your mind as to how you see yourself and to how you speak. Now, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. In this context, the word them is referring to false teachers, false prophets that have been controlled by false spirit to deceive many. It says, because he who is in you, glory be to God, is what? Is greater than he who is in the world. Now, who is in you? First Corinthians 3 and verse 16. Who is in me? Bible says, greater is it that is in me. Do you know who is in you? Sometimes I'm before say that, but are you aware? Are you conscious of who is in you? Who is in you? First John, I mean, first Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, do you not know, because not every believer know, do you not know that you, that is of God, are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Who is the temple of God? I Say, I am. I am. Who is the temple of God? I Say, I am. I am. What is a temple? A host, a carrier. 
a container that houses. The Bible says you and I are the temple of God. So when men look for God, who should they go to? You and are we behaving as if we carry God? Or are we behaving as if we are looking for God? The mentality which many of us pray is that we are going to look for God. God has run away, has abandoned us, so we're trying to bust through the heavens to look for where God is and grab him. No, you can't grab someone that is inside you. Nobody can be closer to you like God. Why? Because he lives where? Inside you. Say, God lives in me. Say that three times. Yeah. Yeah. The de Listen, the devil doesn't want you to say that. He, he wants you to feel hopeless. He wants you to be defined by maybe what you're going through, the situation you're facing, things that are probably not working well. What he doesn't realize is that what it takes to overcome is on the inside of you. You are an overcomer because God, who is your source, lives in you. You are connected to heaven. The one who sits in the heaven lives on the inside of you. You are connected to the throne room. That's what the Bible says, um, that we have been raised and made to sit together with Christ. Where? In the heavenly places. And brothers and sisters, we are connected to the heavenly places because God lives inside me. If you realize that some of the fear you have, you won't have them anymore. Say with me, say God lives inside me. Say God lives inside me. Another reality of the new creation, write this down, is that as a new creation, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ. Say, I am the righteousness of God. In the Old Testament, people couldn't approach God. If you wanted to come close to God, you had to fulfill certain strict rituals or else the person can be killed. We saw instances played out under the old priesthood, the old covenant and the rituals. So, God was dwelling among his people in a tabernacle. It's, in, in, it's called the Ark of the Covenant that were carried about by priests. It was a symbol of God's presence among his people. And the reason God had to do that was because redemption was the only factor that can relocate God from the Ark to his people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when Jesus died and rose from the dead, watch, in fact, when he died, remember what happened? God came out of the Ark. The curtain were turned from the top to the bottom. Symbolizes that God has relocated his residency from the ark to the people. We are now the mobile ark of God. Where we go is where God goes. Are you hearing me? And the reason we are temples of God is because our status have changed. We are now the righteousness of God. Because if you are not righteous, you can't carry God. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Righteousness is not doing right things. Did you hear what I said? Righteousness is a state of being. It's a nature you receive the day you got born again. Let me rewind. What did I say righteousness is? Is a state of being. It is not what you do to become. It is who you are. The reason you can do right things is because you are the righteousness of God. Did you hear what I said? You are the, God cannot live in you if you are not the righteousness of God. You can't. He can't. His presence will tear you to pieces. The reason Christians are carriers of God is because they have been made what? The righteousness of God in Christ. We are not the habitable or habitations of God because we've been made his right. Say that when we say, I am the righteousness of God. Now, righteousness is a state of being. It is... A state, you've become God's righteousness because you are now a partaker of his nature. You carry his life. Who Jesus is, is what you have become. As he is, so am I. As he is, so am I. That's why I am the right. Jesus is the righteousness of God. But when you are born again, you become the righteousness of God in Christ. Are you hearing me? So, and as the righteousness of God, it means you now have, listen to this, you now have 
unhindered access and boldness before God. What is making you afraid of God is not the fact that you are the righteousness. It's the way you are thinking. You are not thinking righteousness. That's why you're always feeling unworthy. You're feeling that you are not worthy enough to approach God. You're not worthy enough. No, no. It, it's your own renewed mind. Those mentalities of errors and mistakes of the past that you have not allowed redemption to renew. Those are the things that are trying to redefine you. You are the righteousness of God. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you believe it, that's who you are. You better start allowing it to renew your mind because your right living is in your nature. Are you hearing me? You can't live right if your nature is not different. We're not trying to live right. You can't. If you could, Jesus wouldn't have come. The Bible says all our good effort as, as, as what? Filthy rags. You can't bribe God with good works. It doesn't work. He smells in his presence. So in order to make your approach and your service acceptable, he granted you his nature. Him who knew no sin was made sin for you so that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Are you hearing me? God has shared his nature with you. So when you stand before him, you are acceptable and you are approved by him because of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you listening to me? See, the reason many struggle with sin is that they are still in touch with the memory of their past behavior and they have not embraced the reality of their new standing. That's why that temptation of fornication is slaying you anyhow. Because you believe you're weak. And what the thing sin tells to do when it gets a hold of your mind is to try to convince you that you're a slave to sin. No, you are not a slave to sin. You've got his righteousness. The Bible says in uh, Romans 6 verse 1, it says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. Can sin dominate God? The answer is no. If you possess his nature, sin has lost its legal grip on you. It's only lying to you so your body and your soul can fall for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't need to struggle with sin. All you need to realize and acknowledge and confess is that I have his nature. I am his righteousness. I have access and boldness in his presence. And the spirit of God will cause your nature to renew the way you think and the way you act. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, as the righteousness of God, your living is not by your power alone. Your living is the enablement and empowerment that comes from the Spirit. That's why the Bible says that it is God, the Holy Ghost, who lives in you, that is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. All you need to do is yield to your nature. And how do you do? Confess what he says you are. Think the way he says you are. Speak the way you say and act. And his grace will cause you to do what he says you can do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, as the righteousness of God, I am not trying to earn his favor. I'm already favored. I'm not trying to prove myself to God. I've already been proven in Christ. All I need to do is act accordingly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why do I pray with boldness? Because I am the righteousness of God. I have access and I have confidence before his presence. Say amen. amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is this understanding Satan is afraid of and he doesn't want the average Christian to operate by. So you see a lot of believers that are born again, they say act like servants, they act like people that are scared and afraid because they have not embraced their new creation reality as the righteousness of God in Christ. Say amen. amen. Hear me. As the righteousness of God in Christ, the believer now possesses the life and the nature of God, which gives him access and standing before God without any sense of guilt. And stop apologizing to God. Stop apologizing. What did I say? Stop apologizing to God. Some of the things you think God is disappointed, it's not really disappointed. It's because you need to clean up your ass in the sense that take responsibility. The Holy Ghost is inside of you. Are you hearing me? Did you hear what I said? The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. The power of God lives on the inside of you. And you can do all things through Christ that what? Stop apologizing for inactivity. Just act. Oh God, I'm so sorry. I've not disappointed you. Who told you? That energy you are using to apologize, use it to act on what his word says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Some of us apologize to make room for our laziness. You don't need to. He has already admitted. Do you understand what it means to be given? The Greek word for uh, access is admission. Admission means the door has been opened for you. Hello? That nobody will drive you away. You, 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 for instance, you can't go to the presidency if you're not invited. I hope you know that. When we went to see uh, T.Y. last year, I was telling you during the former president, that's Lord Jonathan, she was given access to the presidency as the photographer of the president and also of events. So there was one day she, was, she entered the presidency, she was working in a particular place, and uh, somehow some of the people didn't know the clearance she has. And if you don't, they will just shoot the person that kill you because you'll be regarded as operating where you are not given access or admission to. So some of the security people wanted to grab her. And it was one of the chief of staff that said, no, 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 that she has access from the president. When they heard that, they backed off. They, they don't need to like you. They don't need to be your friend. But if you have the access of the president, they will respect you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have access or admission from your heavenly father into his presence. No angel is waiting to strike you. They can't strike you. You are a son of God. When you come before his presence, act like a son. Function like a son. Behave like a son. Like one who has been given. A, don't, don't come as if you're wondering what God is going to do, what God is going to hit your head, how disappointed God is going to tell you. I, you are, in fact, I, I regret saying you're born again. I wish I'd left you to die in your sin. No, it doesn't, God doesn't talk like that. doesn't talk like that. That, that's the devil lying to your head. That's why when you know you are nuclear, all things are what? Passed away. There is no more enmity between you and God. There's no quarrel. Jesus resolved the quarrel 2,000 years ago. And don't let any devil or anybody make you feel that God is angry with you. He's not. He can't be angry with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because all the anger that he would have had towards you was poured on Christ. So he has high expectation for you. He said, you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which I ordained for you that you should walk in them. Say amen. amen. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You can stand before God's presence without any sense of guilt or condemnation. You have been approved in Christ. Amen. See, can, can I, I, I pray. I love praying and prayer is very important. If you're going to operate as a new creation, you must have a disciplined prayer life. But the motivation for praying is not to impress God. The motivation for praying is for manifestation. Are you hearing me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you pray because you want to impress God, Satan will hit you with guilt. But if you pray with the understanding for manifestation as a new creation, you will be empowered by grace. But you must pray. Are you understanding me? That you must pray. What did I say? You must pray. See, when you're born again, you've been born into a partnership. God is not doing everything. God will do his own, but you will do your own. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Glory be to God. We are now called to walk together with him. Let me read two scriptures to prove what I said. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and Ephesians 3 verse 12. These two scriptures explains who we are as the righteousness of God. It says, for by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Okay, I think I missed, I missed up something here. Okay. Uh, I think I've, I've quoted something wrong. Okay, no problem. Go to Ephesians 3, 12. Ephesians 3, verse 12. It says, in whom we have boldness and access. Say, I have boldness and access. With confidence. Through the faith in him. So what gives you that boldness and access and confidence is because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You now possess his nature. So you have been born again with the ability to think like God, speak like God, and act as what? Act like him. Because you possess his nature. You have his life. Glory be to God. It's not in your nature to live for God. 
It's not in your nature to honor God. It's not in your nature to worship and to serve him because you now possess his life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, I have access. I have boldness and confidence because I am the righteousness of God. One of the things about righteousness is that it gives you confidence that when you pray, God hears. There are many of us who feel that when we, feel that when we pray, maybe God hears Paro's prayer, but he doesn't hear my prayer. That mindset is a lie Satan sold to you. Maybe because you're going through something in your life. Hey, everybody will go through something. Jesus went through something. Are you hearing me? The Bible said he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So in this world, you're going to face challenges. But the challenges should not get into your mind where it begins to redefine you. Because there are some of you, maybe at one particular point in time, you know, uh, certain material things were flowing. That's why when you judge your capacity based on materialism, you're going to be like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But Paul says there will be a time where you will abound, there will be a time you are base. Things may not flow the way they, are, they were flowing. But it doesn't mean God has abandoned you and ran away. I can even use your bank account to describe who you are in God. That's the most unreliable lying thing that the devil has sold to Christians. So when, when, when things get very tough, you now feel God, God, God left me. Why will he leave you? When he said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, so you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Whatever you are going through, you can overcome it because you are an overcomer in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it one more time. Say I'm no longer a slave of circumstance. Say, I am no longer a slave of circumstances because I am the righteousness of God. Now hear this. As the righteousness of God in Christ, you now have boldness and access to the Father God because you are a new creation. And I told you a new creation means a new being, a new person that has never existed before. You've been born again or born from above to live the new kind of life. It's called the Zoe life, the God kind of life. Say that, the God kind of life. Say that I've been born again to live the Zoe life. Say I've been born to live the God kind of life. One more time, say I've been born again to live the God kind of life. This new kind of life is different from the natural way of living. It's different. Paul calls it a newness of life. Go to Romans 6 verse 4. You've been born again to live a new kind of life. A new kind of life with a new way of speaking. A new way of seeing. A new way of operating. It's the new life you've been born again to live. Hallelujah! That's what you have. That's what you have. There was a man who was in one of these... Oh, my father told us a story years ago. And he was into occultism and all that. And at the point, they gave him some conditions, you know, that will involve his, him dying. Somewhere along the line, the things were going bad. And it, these demonic spirits came, and he saw them. They were coming for him. It was time for him to die. And the guy panicked, and he didn't want to die. As they were coming, he didn't know what to say. He was scared. But he remembered what somebody said. He just said, oh, Jesus, as he said, Je he said the force and the fear that came on the spirit. Uh -uh. So he said, oh, so this Jesus thing, so he be, eh? so he get power. He shouted it again, they backed off. They told him you should stop talking like that. Uh, stop. When I know, say, if I say something, you will get, that's how he got born again. That's how God saved. Hallelujah. Light can, darkness can never fight light. Don't let the devil lie to you. There's no contest between light and darkness. The only darkness you struggle with is the ignorance that has not been illuminated with the light of revelation. That's what you struggle with. What you struggle with is not Satan directly. It is the lie of Satan that has become a darkness in your mind. Because it's confusing the way you think, confusing the way you speak, confusing the way you operate, confusing the way you see yourself, confusing the way you handle matters. It's a mindset. That's why Paul says, casting down imaginations at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Because Christ is your reality. And Satan wants to mess up your mind. Go and dig up something from your past and your village and tell you that this is you. This is a template you're supposed to be operating by. 
when you've been given a new template in Christ, somebody shout glory be to God. Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we were buried with him, including my past, including where I was coming from. We were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk. That's why it's not enough to know you are a new creation. You are to walk. Everybody say walk. The word walk means to function. Function in, the, in newness. What is newness? The new kind of life. What is that new kind? The God life. You should walk. It is not just to know, but to walk. To walk means to function that way. Say amen. This new life is lived from the revelation knowledge of who we are in Christ as contained in the scripture. In order for you to walk in this new life, you must be familiar with the scriptures, what the scripture says about your identity in Christ. Are you hearing me? That's why Paul prayed that we may be filled with the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation in the knowledge of him. Because knowing God is beyond intellect. You know, when you go to school, and they teach you what you know and learn is based on your ability, the, your ability of your mind to process the facts. Is that not so? And you go and read it and read it until you're able to understand it. Uh, knowing God is, is more than that. Knowing God is not just your mind ability to reason what you are hearing. Knowing God needs an addition of the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation. It is the Holy Ghost giving you spiritual understanding, upgrading your mind with revelation. Are you hearing me? Once you understand that, you are to walk because you cannot walk in this new life without knowing who you are in Christ. Did you hear what I said? I think you should write that down. You cannot walk in this new life if you don't know who you are in Christ. Because if you don't know, you will operate by the old things that have passed away. Because if any man be in Christ, what is he? It's a new creation. Old things are past. The things that are passed away, if you go and operate with them, you will pass away with them. But once you are in Christ, you are born again ask the righteousness of God to walk in the newness of life. And you cannot walk in the newness if you don't know who you are in Christ. If you don't know what it means to be a new creation, the devil will mess you up big time with his lies. You remember he's a liar. And who you are is truth, is life. And you can only deal with life by truth. Is that not true? You can't deal with lies by intelligence or analysis. It doesn't work. I wish it does, but it doesn't. All right? This new life is lived from the revelation knowledge of who you are in Christ as contained in the scripture. I want to ask you a question. Everybody look at me. How much do you know? I'm talking to you now. Yes, I'm talking to you. How much do you know in scripture about your identity in Christ? I'm not talking about the one Paro preach or Paro quotes. That, that's the one I preach. That's the one I quote. They are meant to inform you. They are meant to give you understanding. Out of what I preach and quote, how much do you know about who you are in Christ? And when I mean know, not, not that you just know. You can know to the point to confirm what you know from Scripture. If, if you cannot connect what you claim you know to what the Scripture says, there's a problem. Because if you remember, Jesus taught us how to resist the devil. When Satan threw one at him, what did he reply with? It is written. I want to ask you a question. Do you know what is written concerning who you are in Christ? Or you're just doing plain, wish you washing in church. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a new Christian Christ. Where is it in the Bible? Um, where is that place, parole? You say? You'll be quoting me now. He says something. Um, he, he knew sin. No, I didn't say he knew sin. He knew no sin. Uh, that, uh, yes, that, that one, that one. What, is, what do you mean that one? That means you don't know. You're still fumbling with the scripture like an information, not a revelation. How much do you know from the Bible? Because if you don't, you're playing a risky game. A time will come, the evil days will knock at your door. And if you don't know, brothers and sisters, you can't fight. 
The Bible says, they that do know their God shall be strong. It is not what I know that will help you. It is what you know that will help you. Did you hear what I said? It is not what I know. It is not what I preach. It is what you know that will liberate you. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. John 8, 31. And as a result, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So what you don't know that you can trace to the written scripture concerning who you are, according to Bible, you don't know it. If you can't show me from scripture what the Bible says or where the Bible says you are the righteousness of God. Brother, you're playing games, oh. Did you hear what I said? You're playing games. If you don't know what God says about your finances and you can trace it to the Bible, you're playing games. If you don't know what God says about your health and you can trace what you know about your health to scripture, you're playing games with your health. Because when the enemy will hit you, you will have nothing to reply with. Did you hear what I said? Because you and I are going to be, we're all going to face challenges. And what will determine your victory, it's what you know in God. It's not what your father knows. Sorry. Sometimes when they take light and they want light to come and just say, Daddy, speak to the neighbor. Let them bring light. I ask them, what of your mouth? Why, why, why my own? Use your own. Build your own. Say, Daddy, there's power in your mouth. I say, there's also power in your mouth. It's not enough to have confidence in somebody else who will have confidence in your own too. Are, are you hearing me? Because it's not a lesser quality of the Holy Ghost that is in you compared to me. It's the same quality. Same Holy Ghost. Same person. So if you cannot trace, listen to me. If you cannot trace what you know about who you are in Christ to scripture, then you better get serious and start doing what you're supposed to do. It is those people who cannot trace what they know to scriptures that can easily be thrown away. When crisis come, situations come, they just pfft, they'll blow away. Why? Because what they know is not traceable to scripture. It's all hype, sentiment. Oh, glory! A new creation in Christ. Greater is it that is in me. Where is it? I don't know. Then you're a joker. You're, you're, you're a Christian that is a joker. Because when the devil shows up, the only thing the devil will respect and will bow to is what you know in scripture. It is written, 1 John 4, 4, I am of God and I have overcome you because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Satan, I can cast you. How do you know that? Because Jesus gave me authority. He said in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I have given to you power to tread upon serpent and scorpion and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. The reason Satan can touch some of you is because you don't know to the scripture that he has no right to touch you. That's why if you don't function as a new creation, you will not enjoy the advantage that you have in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why we tell people when you come to church, have a word note. Why am I asking you to do a word note? It's because it helps you to document I want to ask you a question. Can you sit down for 2022 from January to December and look through what you have learned? Are there records to what you have learned? Paul told Timothy, when you are coming, bring my books, bring the parchment. What is a parchment? A parchment is a jotter. It's the English, um, uh, modern English language for jotters. So Paul was taking notes. I saw a picture uh, lately of... Uh, I think they went to a, a meeting. Adeboye, Oyedeko, and two other fathers in the faith. And somebody else was preaching, and I noticed they all had diaries, and they were taking notes, and they were writing. Others were using the electronic whatever to take. And if fathers in the faith who have walked with God for years understands the place of record keeping, who are you? Who do you think you are? What game are you playing? When certain situations will come, you can't even trace what you know to the Bible. You don't know what the Bible says about your health. Then one day you wake up, you can't carry one leg. You start shouting, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the devil say, why will I leave you? And they live in Jesus' name. Pastor, I don't know how they pray. You know they walk again. Oh. The devil can contend with you because what you know is just, it's flimsy. It's mental. There is no grounded understanding of the word. You want the word to walk, brothers and sisters, you have to walk the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
You have to do what? You have to work the word. This new life is lived from the revelation knowledge of who we are in Christ as contained in the scripture. We only, hear this, hear this. When you're walking by the truth of what you know and you can trace it to scripture, watch this. You only think, you only say, and you only act what he has said in the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You only what? You only think. You only say and you only act what he has said in the word. You know it's there. It's written in the word. That's what God has said about me. First Timothy 6, 12. What does it say? Go there. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Tell your neighbor you are in a fight. Say that. Say, I am in a fight. I didn't hear you. I've taught you that. You are in a good fight. Of a, it's a good fight, but it's still a fight. Why is it a good fight? Because you've been given the advantage in the fight. And what is the advantage? Christ. In Christ. The day you were made, born again and you became in Christ, you were given the advantage over the fight. What, the way the unbelievers fight is not the same way we fight. We are fighting a good fight of faith. And how do we fight? What did he say? Fight the good fight. How do we fight it? He said, lay hold. Place a demand on eternal life or the God life that you carry. Walk or live according to the God life. And how do you do that? To which you have been called. Because the way you fight is to place a demand on the eternal life that you carry. And you have been called to that. And have what? Confessed. Everybody say confess. That word confession is homologio. Homologio means to say what he has said. To say what he has said. Not what you think, not how you feel, but what he has said. Now, let me ask you a question. If you don't know what is written, do you, will you know what he has said? To confess the good confession. What is the good confession? What he has said in the word is good for you. Amen. Confess in the presence of many weaknesses. Number one, God and heaven. What you say, heaven is watching to find out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The first weakness, the word weakness means people who are waiting for what you are saying. Because how heaven will take side with you is based on what you say. If your confession is not according to the good confession, then God will step aside. Because two cannot work except the word agree. If what you say is in agreement with the weakness of Satan, demons, and the operation of darkness, those are the ones that will come into agreement with you. Then they talk about that inferior place like men and situation and circumstance. But we are to confess the good confession in the presence of many weaknesses. We are to maintain our declaration of what he has said in his word. That's how we walk as new creation. We don't get tired of speaking. The day you take vacation on speaking, that's the day you concede to the devil. Did you hear what I said? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen and listen very well. Listen, when spiritual slumber comes in, the unbelief of spiritual slumber. Remember, I told you that spiritual slumber is a manifestation of what? Unbelief. And what is unbelief? The goal of unbelief is to cause your heart to depart from the living God. It's a reasoning, a way of thinking that causes you to shift your focus and dependency from God to something else. Are you hearing me? So spiritual slumber wants you to shift your focus from God to something else. Now, listen to this. When spiritual slumber sets in, it makes you a liability. Terrible one. His goal is to stop you from operating or functioning as a new creation. And if he tries to stop, the way he does that is to stop you from thinking as a new creation, to stop you from speaking as a new creation. Are you hearing me? And to stop you from acting as a new creation. That's his job. That's what the unbelief of spiritual slumber does. It wants you to take vacation on seeing yourself speaking and acting as a new creation. It wants you to do that. So that when things happen, you start talking like natural men. You start talking like natural men. Look, look at what happens. You become a victimized person. You now have a victim mentality. Not a victorious mentality, but a victim. And what is a victim? A victim blames everybody but himself. 
See what's happening to us? Nigeria, in fact, I'm tired. Look at that. We have bad leaders. Let me ask you a question. Is there any country that there's no bad leader? Eh? Is there any, is there any, do you know any country that you don't have a bad leader? Let me ask you, is there any country that there's no corruption? Is there any country? There's corruption everywhere. Even though the degrees differ from some institution to institution, but there's corruption everywhere. If you are waiting for the system of the world to favor you, you better think again. It's all this jackpot thing they are jackpotting. When you jackpot and go another place to go and stay, and you walk, the maximum you will get is two car. Maybe you manage to pay a house after working for 30 years on mortgage. But you will never be a millionaire. You will just be living from hand to mouth. So if you think it's to relocate that will change your life, an antelope in Nigeria will not become a horse in America. The way you think will follow you anywhere. Are you hearing me? How systems operate to you or react to you is a function of the content of your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so if you think it's when you get to America because you'll not be seeing dollar, then your life will change. You better think again because you have lied to yourself. If you don't operate by what God says you are, you will keep making concession anywhere you go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The, the spiritual slumber wants you to stop operating as a new creation. They want you to operate like a victim. And as a victim, you begin to question your conviction. You begin to doubt who God says you are in Christ. Instead of acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ, you start to acknowledge the opinions of men. You start to acknowledge situations and you start to acknowledge what the devil is telling you. All of a sudden, your dream becomes more important than your Bible. Go to Numbers 13 as I begin to round up. Numbers chapter 13. Verse 26 to verse 33. Let's, let's see what spiritual slumber does. In a particular case, where it hits the people of God and they stop seeing themselves through what God had promised them. Numbers chapter 13 from verse 26. Numbers 13 from verse 26. Are we there? Good. If you can look at the screen. Numbers 13, 26. Now, please pay attention to this. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. Are you there? All right. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Hold on before continuing verse 27. Remember God had told Moses to send how many spies? Twelve spies. One from each twelve tribe to go and spy the land of Jericho to give them a purview of the land they were going to possess. Now, watch this. God had told them that he was going to give them the land as a possession. So, it wasn't them that asked God promised them. So, say, go and take a view of the land I'm giving to you. Now, if God sends you on an errand, the, what should supervise your inspection is what he said. You are not to see what he didn't say. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You are not to pay attention to what he did not say. You are to go and see what he said you should see. But what spiritual slumber does is that it makes you go to sleep on who you are and instead of saying what God wants you to say, you start saying what he didn't ask you to say. And that's where trouble starts. Alright, verse 27. Then they told him and said, yes, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows. With make a, they should have stopped it there. If they had stopped there, no problem. Brothers and sisters, this land we went to is full of, is flowing with milk and honey. Look, look at what they say. And this is the fruit. In fact, they brought fruit. Say, look at it. Proof that this land is very prosperous. If they had stopped it here, fantastic. Fantastic. But they didn't. Spiritual slumber, we want you to talk like you feel. Say, talk I did. No, no, talk, talk as they do you for mind now. See, if I'm not talking now, I'll call the verse. Let me say it. What do you mean the verse? If it's not in agreement with scripture, let it die inside your mind. Are you hearing me? It's not every nonsense you say. Say, so, no, I've been becoming quiet. I've become very quiet. Because if I don't tell you this thing now, the thing will be eating me up. Nothing is eating you. It's a lie. Just shut up. 
If it's not going to promote the goodness of God, swallow it. Digest it and shit it out. Nothing will happen to you. All right? Watch what they said. This is where problem starts. And in fact, this is where God's problem with them started. Are you with me? Look at verse 28. He said, <clears throat> never, nevertheless, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Did God ask them to do that? He said, the people, they are very, they are strong. They are strong. They are like WrestleMania. The cities are fortified and very large. Listen to the statement. Oh. Moreover, we saw the descendants of the Anak. These are tall, huge men. The, now, watch this. All the enemies of Israel was what they noticed. The, Amal the Amalekites were very bad. They used to attack from the back. They don't fight you in front of you. They study you. They either hit you from the side or they hit you from... That's what they call Amalekites. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, another mortal enemy, where the, all the sites, the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea. And along the... See, they had perfect description of the enemy, where they were staying, where they were camped, the borders, everything. Watch this. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and watch this and take possession. You see the way Caleb spoke? Let us go and take possession. What did he say next? For we are well able to do what? To do what? To overcome it. Are you paying attention? Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him, 12 people went to the same place. 10 saw different from what 2 saw. We are not able to go up against these people. For they are what? They are. The people didn't tell them. The people didn't tell them. They came to the conclusion based on their corrupt investigation that the people are stronger than we. Verse 32. Can we read verse 32 and 33 together? And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. Say, so how do you give bad report? You say. How do you give bad report? You say. You speak. Say. What did they say? The land through which we have gone has spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. So why are there people there? And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size or stature. Verse 33. There, come on, let's read. There, you see the word senses, they saw, they saw. They saw physical sight, senses. We saw the giants. Are you reading this thing? Because I want your mind to pick something. The descendants of Anak came from the giant. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Our own sight. This is not... They looked at the enemy and they came to this ridiculous conclusion that they were like grasshoppers. They were like in our own sight. Now watch the tragedy of it. And so we were in their side. You see the nonsense? If they were like that and the people were aware, do you think they would have returned back as spies? They would have killed them because they are spies. But they have assumed that just because they see themselves as grasshoppers, they also assume that the enemy also sees them as what? As grasshoppers. Let me say this. One powerful truth from this passage is that what we see and what we speak is a choice. What you see and what you say is your choice. It's your choice. When we speak truth, it's not because we're not seeing lie. 
When we decide to speak strength, it's not because we're not seeing weakness. When we decide to speak light, it's not because we're not seeing darkness. But speaking darkness doesn't help me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What we see and what we say is a choice. A choice to take side, to either take side with God, which is life, or a choice to take side with the enemy through people and facts, which is death. I'm going to show you three scriptures and I'll stop. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. The mistake you've always made, you've allowed what you're going through to become your testimony. You've allowed what you're going through to become your language. That temporal situation, the Bible said the things that we see are temporal. You are now making what should be temporal permanent because of what you say. Because anything you speak, you keep it alive in your life. Anything you speak, you keep it what? Alive and present in your reality. If you keep speaking the lies of the enemy, they, they become alive. They stay in your realities. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. What did he say? I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death. Tell anybody say you have a choice for life or death. Now whether you, it is life you see or an experience or death, it's your choice. God says I've set life. There's life and death before you. He says blessing and cursing. Is that not what he says? Therefore, what did he advise us? Choose life. How do you choose life? You see and you speak life. It's called the good confession. What do you do? You see and you speak life. Do you, do you know why some of us sometimes our consistency with God is up and down? It's because our mad confession is up and down. You poison what you do by what you say. Did you hear what I said? And you can also empower what you do by what you say. What you think and what you say can either empower what you do or it can return or poison what you do. Are you paying attention, church people? You either empower what you do by what you think and say or you poison what you do. That's why I said in the first service, get a grip over your feeling. Now some of you, if you feel angry, you talk anyhow. You speak how you feel. If you allow how you feel to control what you say, you will do a lot of spiritual damage to your life and destiny. Did you hear what I said? Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, choose life that both you and your descendant may live. And how do you choose life? You choose to see and to say life. Say amen. Second scripture, Isaiah 3 verse 8. Isaiah chapter 3 and verse number 8. Are you there? Go to Isaiah 3 verse 8. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 8. Are you there? He said, for Jerusalem stumbled. Is there anything stumbling in your life? And Judah is falling. Is there anything falling in your life? Falling business, falling family relation issues. Jerusalem stumbled and Judah is falling. Why? Because their tongue. Everybody touch your tongue. Say my tongue. Their tongue and their actions are what? Are against the Lord to provoke the eyes. Who is driving your tongue and your mouth? Who is driving it? Who's driving it? Is it what is written in scripture or how you feel? You've made an idol of how you feel. Say, no, say, that's the way I see my thing. Who is your thing? Which thing? Do you have, can you down the cross for yourself to have your thing? Say, that's, that, that's the way I do my thing. That's, the way, that's one of the problems with Christians. My thing. Which is your thing? If you cannot die to save one sin, shut up. Don't say that. If you keep speaking like that, no matter what you do, you are still going to open the door for the enemy to mess around some things in your life. Because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. A business that has not even left the ground, you have even killed it with your mouth. See this business now, since I started, I know they walk home. Nobody, they come. I go there from morning to night. Or they greet me, they pass. 
they'll call my neighbor, ask her something. Nobody go even go say, ah, neighbor, you they, they say something, they'll just walk out past. And you are wondering why nobody is coming when you are talking like that. Final scripture, First Peter 3 10. 10 to verse 12. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10 to verse 12. That's why you must resist slothfulness. The spiritual ability of slothfulness that makes you go to sleep and take vacation on saying who you are. Your feeling must be subject to what the word of God says. I'm not dominated by my feeling. There are times I don't feel okay, but I have to control it. Because if at the day I give in to my feeling, everything will start going wrong. Everything will start going wrong. Everything will start going wrong. We're supposed to live intentionally, not how we feel. First Peter 3.10. Are you there? What did he say, everybody? Let's read it together. 10 to 12. For he who would love life. How many people love life here? Very good. And wants to see good days. How many of you want to see good days? What is good days? Good days, not bad days, not evil days. For he who will love life and see good days. Let's continue. Let him refrain. What? Did you see that in the Bible? Refrain his tongue. From what? His tongue must stop speaking evil. Whether he sees it in a dream or somebody said it. Refrain his lips from evil and his tongue from and his lips from speaking falsehood or deceit. Go to verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Verse 11, sorry. Verse 11. Let him turn away from evil. How does he turn away from evil? From speaking evil. How do you turn away from evil? How do you turn away from evil? From speaking evil. Because when you speak evil, you give it permission to play in your life. From speaking evil. Let him turn away from evil. And what does he do? He must do good. And doing good begins with a good confession. Having confessed a good confession. That's where it begins from. You cannot do good if you don't speak good. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? You cannot do good. Let's say that. Say, I cannot do good if I don't speak good. And do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You cannot have peace if you don't speak it. If all you speak is crisis and chaos, that's what you will get. It is what you say that you order for. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. If you speak evil, you are setting yourself up against God and his plan for your life. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. We're going to continue this next service, first service, obviously. Still have one or two things to say about it. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.